Welcome to the Houdini RC Heli Podcast. This is Chapter 4. Today's date is 4-26-2020. Today with us, we have Brent Gotteberg. How is that pronounced Close exactly? <laughs> <laughs> butchered it for you real good, huh? Yeah, that's all right. Uh, Gottlieber. Gottlieber. See, I yeah. Just, so we should have went over that before I started this, so. Hey, that's fine. I butchered <laughs> I've heard on, a lot work. On, <laughs> on the fly, butcher it up. That's cool. So on this podcast, I wanted to just not jump into what you've been doing for the week. I kind of wanted to go over uh, what have you been doing with your family, how's they're going type of stuff. So how's family life been for you, Brent? Quarantine city, pretty much. Just staying inside, working from home. Not doing a whole lot, to be honest with you. It's getting really boring and really old <laughs> and monotonous. So, yeah, I'm ready for everything to open up again and kind of get back to normal life. It if eventually will. going to happen. <laughs> yeah, eventually it will get back to the normal life. Yeah. But yeah. family's good. Oh, yeah, family's healthy. Everybody's good. I have a 10-year-old daughter. She's doing well. Nice. She misses going to school, actually, you know, her friends and everything. And, um. Yep. So everything seems to be going well. Just treat it like summer. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Everything's been, things been good on my front going to work. They have us checking temperature, wearing masks all the time. And then I'm in a clean room. So I have to wear a suit and a mask all the time. Anyway, it just, it just really sucks having to wear a mask for 13 hours straight. Eventually when I get in the car and get to take it off, it's, it feels very nice and it, just I be bet. able to like get that stuff off their face and, be able to breathe. I don't see how the doctors and nurses in New York and stuff are doing it, but kudos to them. Yeah, no kidding. For putting up with that. But family, family's good. Mom's good. Wife and kids are all good. They're all sitting at home and ready to get out too, but they usually go on walks and stuff like that. So they get out when they need to, but for the most part, they're trying to stay inside and be safe. So Yeah, same here. That's cool. Where are you located at? Tucson, Arizona. Tucson. So just south of Phoenix. So I'm about an hour, probably an hour and a half south of Phoenix. Nice. We went to an yeah. event up, up there a couple of years back. It was it was cool to drive through through that town. It was quite a bit bigger than what I expected going driving through it. But oh yeah, Phoenix area is so much bigger than Tucson. Tucson's big, but it's like manageable big, I guess you'd say. It's easy to get around and know where you're going. Phoenix for me is really hard to get around because there's so many places. Yeah. We and, didn't uh, get to roads go and everything. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get to go into Phoenix, but just Tucson and then halfway to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, since you're new on the show, can you tell us about yourself. I haven't told myself that much. So definitely keeping it in the closet, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you can tell us about yourself. Well, I'm not doing the hobby. I'm a kindergarten teacher and I'm going to be moving to first grade. So I'll be a first grade teacher next year. So I've been teaching from home, which is really different and odd, but um, I'm just trying to do the best I can. Been flying since about 2008. I started with planes. I was teaching with a guy next door to me in third grade and he would fly airplanes on the weekends. And uh, he wanted me to come to the RC field. He kept bothering me and bothering me. And I never really got into it uh, at first. Um, I didn't want to get into it. But then I went and started flying planes. And as soon as I went there, I got hooked right away. 
then soon after that, I got into helicopters and, you know, just kept going. Um, got out of the hobby a few times when my daughter was born and things, but I've really followed the RC heli hobby since 2011, really, really strongly. So Nice. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah. That's cool. Definitely enjoy having more people in the hobby. Yeah, yeah, and I... I'm glad I stayed in it too, because now that I'm progressing more, I'm enjoying it more than I used to. So nice. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that are scared to get out because they think they're going to get out and completely and never come back. Type of deal. It's one of those things. I I think if you're going to get out for a while, just get out for a while and take it easy. And yeah, don't sell. I'm, don't garage sell everything. I mean, keep something in the in the back. So if you do want to come back, you don't have to rebuy radios and chargers and exactly all that exactly. stuff like take like i took a few months off and then um after that i kind of missed it so that's why i came back to it and and hopefully you know we all have those times when we kind of want to take a break for a few little bit and oh, get yeah. back into it so definitely can see how taking a break helps some i've taken some breaks not very long but i've taken some two or three four four week breaks before and then get back into it and you actually can be surprised just stepping away from it for a little, little while. When you come back into it, you're re-energized and you actually can learn faster, it seems like, instead of you're just pounding it out every week that if you take a little bit of time off and you come back into it, you actually don't lose any of your ability. It's almost like riding a bike. I mean, you might lose some yeah. if you're working on a difficult maneuver or something like that. Yeah, it was like, uh, I'm thinking about, about a month ago, I had not flown for a couple months and I came out and did, you know, loops, rolls and things that I never did in real life. I just came out like with a, I don't care attitude. I'm just going to fly it like I do in the sim. So sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that little bit of time to relax. Just a little break from the hobby. Yep. You don't have to take a full break. Just take a little bit of time off. It's always fun. Yep. Yep. You want to jump into these topics? We got a, sure. a lot to go over. I'll go over mine first. Okay. Just to get it out of the way. We're going to go over what I've been doing. So what I've been doing in the helicopter RC world for the past week have been finally got to fly. Last week I flew three flights on Tuesday or something like that, I believe. I can't keep track. And then today I got out to the field, met up with a buddy of mine, Ashton, got to fly with him, got to see him fly some. Got the 516 out. I've got the 516, like I talked about last episode from Ben. Got that set up. Last week, I went out and flew it. Flew it. It had, I had an 1120X Nova motor in it mm -hmm. with the 18 tooth. It flew good, but on the high head speed of 2600, it wasn't holding the head speed very well. So I talked to my buddy Kenny, and he said that Ben, the guy I got the helicopter from, was actually selling the Xnova 1350, I think it is. And he said that's probably what the helicopter is better, better for or would fly better with because of the head speed and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I got with Ben and got that bought from him, got that installed. Um, I really didn't want to buy the 1350. I wanted to stick with an 1120 because most of the models on the 550 side are more adapted to that 1120 size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I didn't really feel like repinioning the whole helicopter if I could just buy a used motor and stick it in. So I bought the motor, stuck it in, got it in 
this past week and got to fly it today. And I can tell you it's night and day difference. You can aileron TikTok it pretty much as long as you want. And the head speed doesn't drop out at 2,600. Nice. Still does the lower head speed good. Nothing gets really hot. The gear ratio and everything seems perfect for that, for that motor. I think I'm running an 18 tooth. So I don't know what, I think it's 10 on the gear ratio. Kind of the kind of reason I didn't want to up it any higher than 10 is moving the gear ratio above 10. I was kind of thinking I was kind of getting out of the realm of where it should be. So I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. Or actually think it would have went down anyway, whichever it is, it, I'm done with it. So it's got a 1350 in it. It flies great. I did pull the KDS a five mini servos out because the a five can take minis or full size. It has two different plates and the synergy five sixteen only takes mini. So I had to strip my a five to get the five sixteen flying. Oh, I see. Okay. So, are you going to get more KDS servos or are you going to try something different? Uh, these are the servos I have are the Pro Modeler minis. Oh, okay. Um, Pro Modeler is out of Florida. It's company. They, they've been around for a long time. Uh, their specs are really good. They're not any showy. Like, they do have some metal case stuff, but these are mainly orangish, reddish. But the pricing mm -hmm. on their servos are, I wouldn't call them spectacular, but they're really competitive on their pricing if yeah. you start comparing them to like KSTs and stuff like that. And the specs are really good. I haven't had a problem with them. I've, I've got some full size servos on my 5.5. Mm -hmm. So I think eventually I hate to strip down a working helicopter. I almost did it, but I decided not to. So my KDS 5.5 has full size servos and a 130 ESC. Oh, wow. Okay. So that I can switch over to the A5 whenever I want and get the A5 going again. What's the difference between I was I was wondering what's the difference between the A5 and the 5.5? So the 5.5 came out I think 2014ish somewhere around that in my mind. Yeah. Uh, it's a Crown Gear Torque Tube model. Okay. And the battery sits underneath the. It doesn't have a battery tray system. It's almost like a saddle pack, but a single 6S. Oh, I see. Okay. So getting the battery in and out is kind of difficult. Um, we, over the years, a couple of people have come up with ideas of kind of making a semi-tray system. And then this past year, I decided to move the ESC plate up so I can actually slide it in the front. So it's kind of like a tray, but kind of like the strap-in-place saddle Success 5000. Mm -hmm. Where the A5 has, so the 5.5 and the A5 have the same tail hub, head swash plate um yoke lever for the tail but the drive to the tail is a belt system and oh, the, okay. the main drive system from the motor to the actual head is almost identical to the 5.5 they've moved some stuff a little bit as far as placements so mm -hmm. i don't think you can a guy when it first came out said he, he didn't want the belt drive he wanted a torque tube drive and I looked at it, I think it may be possible, but it's going to take a lot of work to try to get the torque tube system into that belt drive system. I just thought there's some, there's some differences they did on heights of the boom and such. I don't think it's possible, but somebody really, really wanted to, they could probably get a torque tube system into that heli. I don't think it would be worth it. The belt, yeah. the belt drive system is good. It's a little with the OEM setup on it. The guy posted on Facebook, so I kind of found out about this ahead of time before I was building it. But if you build it stock and you spin the 
head, you can hear the belt ticking. And the idlers have to be like, you have to adjust the idler. So where they have screw holes, you have to elongate the holes and adjust the idler bell things up and down to oh, okay. get rid of that belt clicking. So it's not a drop in place. Perfect. There is some adjustments that you're going to have to do as far as belt slap inside the boom. There's very little. So I was really happy about that. Yeah, that's good. Crash cost is good. All of that such and so forth is. Yeah. Is I saw the, the kit costs is, you know, I was looking at them this past week. Cause I used to have a 7.2. I was building a gasser into, but then I ended up selling, uh, selling it. And I really do like the, the KDS models. Uh, I've always been a fan of, of the KDS models. So I was looking at the prices of the kits and they're very reasonable. Yeah. They're, they're not crazy cheap, but they're not expensive. I believe their price point kind of where they should be mm -hmm. as far as price and quality. I didn't have any major quality issues, but there are some small stuff on the helicopter you may have to adjust or tweak. Gotcha. I'll get into the A7 modifications that I've done. On the A7, I should have made a list of these. It would have been much easier to remember. So on the A7 modifications, I had to cut the canopy on the bottom. Did you have to cut the canopy for airflow, or was it just to get the canopy to fit correctly? So the canopy on the bottom was hitting the frame where the skids are. So I couldn't get the canopy to actually fit at all. And this uh, is kind of common. I had the same thing on the A5 and the A7. Had to cut about a quarter inch to half inch of the bottom of the canopy to get it to actually fit correctly. This kind of sucks. I wish they would straighten that out. Yeah. I mean, that's something they should fix. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's super easy. I don't know if it's a frame or the mounts where the canopy mounts are, but definitely had to cut the canopy and my buddy had to cut his too so the other thing i did so the canopy cut i ended up cutting the frames this week the front triangle portion of the frame was hitting on the canopy on the inside so i cut i cut about a half inch triangle out of the front because it, it there was no reason to have that there there's not really any support or anything it's doing so oh okay. dremeled that portion out to get the canopy to fit a little bit better on the crown gears i like to use bicycle lube that it's kind of like the dry fluid but it's cheaper you can buy it at walmart mm -hmm. i usually take half of the liquid out and just squirt it out so it's more of a 50 50 of the whatever compounds inside some people say that that dry fluid's more of a polish and not a lube but i think i think it helps i tend to like to use it on crown gear type systems the other thing is the crown gear setup it's you need to make sure that you have the crown gear normally has some type of adjustment on the torque tube side to the actual crown drive for the tail. That setup has to be, I don't know if Gowie's that way as far as like you have yeah. to make sure that that is set up correctly or you're yeah. going to strip gears out. Yep, exactly. That's exactly how Gowie's are too. Yeah, you have to take, take your time, mess with the clearances, try to get it to where there's just a small amount of backlash. I try to make it so there is a little bit, but not a bunch. Yeah. On backlash. Other than that, oh, um, the other thing I did is on the squash, I was having shakes on spool up and spool down. And my buddy, we're going to call him the scientist, he worked for 
a computer company for years and years and years, super, super smart on stuff. So I call him the scientist because if whenever I have problems and need something thought out, I definitely go to him. But so I was having shakes on spool up and spool down and I messed with blade grip tightness and everything and so forth and so on. And he was looking at the model one day and he said, you know, that phasing looks like it's, it's out. It's when you look at the grip arm to the link to the swash, it wasn't perfectly straight up and down. Mm. It was actually tilted towards that head portion was right in the middle. And then the swash portion was towards the front of the model. And he was saying that you can adjust the phasing and one side will, will be good to be off in a direction and another side, it makes stuff worse. So I ended up changing a, a ball on the swash instead of it being a standoff about three millimeters. I went to a standoff where it was about one millimeter mm-hmm. and that straightened up the phasing and all of my shakes went away completely. Like night and day difference, just changing the one ball out. So that are the mods I've done to the A7, the A5. The only mods I've done is messing with that belt idler pulleys to get the clicking to go away. Yeah, I haven't I haven't messed with any of the phasing on that or anything like that. That's the same head. Supposedly, these heads and swashes are the same head and swashes that were in the 5.5, and with the A7, the 7.2 agile. Oh, okay. So that the head and the the type of geometry system is going to be the same as the older machines. It's just a adapted battery tray systems to the models and then the belt system on the A5. Gotcha. I wouldn't say they're like perfect out of the box goblin helicopters. You're going to have to do a little bit of tweaking here or there, but that's, that's going to be normal. I think for the, for the price you're getting it at, I don't think it's a major issue. And the crash cost is really good on these. I mean, if you look at the part prices, everything's, everything's adequate as far as the booms are aluminum. So they're not the carbon. That's, that's one thing that they switched from the ASAP. Sorry, these agile 7.2 and the agile 5.5 had carbon booms. Uh huh. And both of these models have the aluminum boom. So the torque tube, go ahead. The torque tube slides in quite a bit better. Uh-huh. I don't know if you had to take the torque tube out of the 7.2. I know no. the 5.5, it was really tight trying to get those grommets to slide in and stuff. Mm, okay. Yeah, is it still like really thick? I remember one thing I liked about the 7.2 and 5.5 is the, the boom was big. Yeah, the large diameter. The boom yeah. is, is the same diameter as the carbon boom. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a like 0.1. One millimeter off or 0.2 millimeter off. I believe if you wanted to, you could slide in the carbon boom. I see. Okay. In the model, I've thought about doing that. I just don't have a spare. It just kind of sucks sometimes because I have the 5.5 that's flying good, and then I don't want to take it apart to try to play with stuff or mess with stuff. It's like, ah. yeah. I, no, hate, I hear you. I hate taking apart a flying machine that's perfect that I could just put a battery and go fly it just to like mess with something else but eventually i'm going to have to do that on the a5 because i want to get it up and going and i don't have anything on the build table currently so go back to my list uh so i wanted to i don't know if you look this guy up uh there's a guy on facebook that does a bunch of rc car type modeling uh he has like guys on it guys in cars and their heads turn and their arms turn and it just looks really cool. I just wanted oh, to wow. give this guy a head, heads up. If you guys are on face, 
book, look up this guy's name is Danny H U Y N H creations. He does a bunch of cool, like RC car supermodeling kind of punk rock type stuff. Just look it up. And you guys will know what I'm talking about. It's just, I follow him. He always comes up and posts crazy pictures of people that are remote control that are playing guitars or driving cars or custom rat rod looking stuff. It's just really cool. I just thought oh, I'd throw, cool. throw that out there for if you guys ever want to look at something a little crazy, some something guy definitely does a lot of hobby in what he's doing. It seems like. Mm-hmm. So that's all I I'll, I'll go over my KDS and Nova 450 on the buy and sell portion at the end. Already. Since, uh, since that's about all I have here. Magnus is out. Of, he's going to be dealing with school stuff until June. He said he's trying to keep his priorities straight. So he's dealing with exams and finals and stuff like that with his schooling. So he's not out completely. He just is slightly busy currently until June dealing with finals and exams and stuff like that. So he will be back guys. He's not quitting. <laughs> I didn't Good run job, him away. Magnus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't run him away on the first step episode. Um, and Brent, what have you been doing? Yeah. What have you been flying? Uh, I haven't last week. Yeah, I haven't been flying. Um, I've been simming a lot. Um, on my off time time, but my field has been open. I just have on. I've been still in that cautious stage, but I'm starting to get more relaxed with that. So I think I'm going to try going next weekend. Um, my buddy has been flying there. He hasn't stopped flying. And he says there's not that many people that have been going. So maybe I think I'm going to give it a try next weekend and see how it goes. But it's been a while, you know, since this whole thing started that I flew last. But, um, yeah, so I've been, well, for the last, since October, I've had these NX7s. Um, I have a two-blade and a three-blade. Three-blade's already built. It just needs electronics and engine and everything installed in it. So I'm basically been just dragging my feet on that one two blade was a kit so i'm still going through that and building it so i have the engines and everything the only thing i do need to get is a fly barless unit for my two blade but um i have the rest of the stuff to go into both so it's more of me just getting the motivation to stop being lazy and get these things together <laughs> nice so the three blade that's those so they're both nitros yeah they're both the same model um I like the idea of having two of the same model just because, you know, saves on parts, I guess. And, and I yeah. can uh, pick up some airframes decently priced and then I can have, you know, a lot of spares and stuff. But I really love the NX7 model. It's probably my favorite model of all time. I used to have one and then got rid of it and regretted it. So that's why I've bought it again. So, yeah, I'm trying out the three blade, hearing mixed things. Uh, I know that JC has some YouTube videos up about him, of him flying on three blade hmm. so i'm gonna really have to pick his brain once i get everything installed to see like what i'm how to set it up on a nitro really, i really don't think there's much of a setup i'm just kind of worried about the power power to weight ratio dropping the third blade on there yeah so i'm not sure if i'm gonna like do a whole lot with that one or just kind of fly around gently because 
it's especially until I get used more used to nitro about not bogging the engine and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is the tail ratio the same on the three blade? Like what's the tail gear ratio on the three blade? I have I haven't looked yet on that. I may change the three blade tail to a two blade because I was talking to one of my buddies up from Mesa and he was oh it's got a three saying, blade tail yeah so it was like um, that helps yeah he said it doesn't work too well but I'm gonna try it just to see how it goes and I can always change it over yeah you definitely need blade. some some more tail authority when you switch to a three blade I had a DT five twenty that was a three blade. And Oh, okay. It was night and difference, night and day difference when you drop that third blade of pitch on it. Definitely, the tail ratio on that heli that I had was like three point eight, so it was kind of poor in the beginning. Anyway, then okay. we dropped the mm -hmm. three blade head on it, and you could blow the tail out. Just, I mean, whenever you wanted to easily. With a three blade tail and a three blade head, I, I think the gear ratio you you shouldn't have to change the gear ratio. It should be fine. Okay. Especially, especially if if you're not completely beating on the helicopter, you should be fine. Definitely going to be cool to have the two models and be able to see the difference between the two back to back would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of debating, you know, well down in the buy and sell, I, I talk about wanting an, an X4, but I may just use any extra money and just finish these two off and just get extra airframes and just fly those two. Cause I have a, a T-Rex 500 that I fly. It's really my beater heli. Mm -hmm. I try yeah. new things on and you know, it's, beater. Yeah, it's like the the ESP, like the old, old one. So it's, you know, that's not one that I'm putting a lot of money into. So I may just stick with those two, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, in time, you'll, you'll figure it out. Uh, the, I have a buddy that has an NX7. He actually got it from a friend of mine, and he, he beats on it pretty pretty hard, and he definitely enjoys it when he comes down and lands. He tells me that it's a really good flying heli. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's had a couple sounds. We've been trying to figure out what they are, but we're just flying through them at this point. And he said, eventually, when it breaks, we'll figure out what's <laughs> ticking or something. Yeah, yeah. He thinks it was like the fan shroud hitting the fan in hard maneuvers and stuff. Yeah, I've I've heard about that. Like it's slipping sometimes. Not slipping, but like say, or... like the oh. fan was hitting the cover, like the little shroud. Oh, okay. Yeah. He thinks that's what it was. So he was going to make an adjustment. I don't know if he's done it or not. I haven't, we work opposite ends of the week now, so I don't know if he's fixed it. He probably has, but yeah, those are really nice looking helicopters for, I think the Gowie NX seven and the old school align T-Rex 700. Yeah. The pro version are probably the two most common nitro helicopters. I mean, now there's some other 700 stuff, but as far as like have been out on the market for a long time, I believe both the NX7 and the Align 700 are both yeah. the most common at events and fun fun flies that you'll see. Yeah, exactly. And I have um, a couple of Gowie reps that I'm friends with up in Mesa uh, near Phoenix. So I always pick their brains too. And so it's nice having... The, you know, the people around you flying, flying them too. So I can bounce ideas and questions off of them. Or if you have problems or something like that, you could just, exactly. swap, you could swap tail, tail housings because it's a torque tube drive. You just swap the whole tail completely out. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, let's see if it's in this portion and just swap, unbolt it and bolt it on this helicopter, redo the endpoints and test it. Yep. Yep. It's super easy when you have reps and people like that around that can give you on the field help and access. 
Yeah, and then I'm they fly YS engines, so I'm flying. I'm I have a '96 and a '91 SRX Trek, so um, probably gonna put the '96 in the three blade and the '91 in the two blade. So. Yeah, I had a '91 ST when I was running a 700. And it felt like it oh, was okay. very easy to tune motor for me. I wasn't in nitro super long. I've dabbled in it here or there, but I sure wish fuel prices would come down. I'd dabble in it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I'm kind of worried about. But I don't fly a ton usually. I don't get out to the field besides maybe once a week. So I don't think I'll be flying through the fuel fuel that fast either. So do you have a place locally to buy it or do y'all do have to order it in bulk or something? I'll probably have to order it in bulk probably with my buddies up in Phoenix. We'll do like a bulk order. They like to do the VP fuel. So I'll probably do probably get on an order with them sometime. Nice. To get some. For us, VP is in San Antonio, just south of us here, but I don't believe they allow like pickup <laughs> oh really yeah they're in san antonio they're within probably 45 minute drive an hour oh. drive. but I, I believe people in the past have tried to contact them to do like pickup orders and i don't think they do it and oh. it's not any cheaper I, I don't i don't believe i'm not sure you don't save on the like the whatever that's called the fuel taxes yeah, the or whatever that is fuel tax and shipping yeah. now i'm yeah I'm, I'm not 100 percent on that that definitely secondhand knowledge yeah but they are local to us semi-local they're not down nice. the street but 45 hour minute drive is pretty much down the street <laughs> yeah i've heard really good things about their fuel and so yeah i've i've ran their 30 percent i've some buddies of mine that were running i don't think they make a 22.5 yeah i think they and, do or yeah. the they were mixing the 15 and the 30 together to come up with it Oh yeah, I've also ran Probably. their their gasser fuel was really good. Was it? Okay. They make a pre-mixed gas fuel with no ethanol or whatever it is. So it's a really good gasser fuel I've ran in the past, and it comes in like a five-gallon jug. I think it was like twenty-five bucks or something. It was more wow. expensive than pump pump gas, but yeah, it was already mixed and it didn't smell like gasoline. It actually smelled like more of a more of a paint oh, okay. type of odor to it. So I actually like the way it smelled better than gasoline or something like that. Yeah, gasoline would be tough. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of those guys end up running like Col Coleman fuel and stuff like that. But I've I never dabbled in that. I just had a gasser at one point. Oh, okay. I've sold it and never got another one. We're talking about it. I definitely like the look of that Glogo. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I mean, I like the Glogo too. Um, just noticed it hasn't been in stock anywhere. So I don't know what's going on with it, but. Yeah. I haven't kept up with it. I know the gasser conversion was on, on the docket. I don't know if that ever, I don't think that's made it out yet or. Yeah. I think works. he's still working on it. Was it, um, what's that company, that gasser company blackout mods. Yeah. Yeah. He's making it. Yeah. It's cool. Yep. So what events do you have in your area? Well, our big event is the Southwest Heli Rodeo. That's the only one that's in Arizona itself. That's heli only that I go to. And that's that's a great event. I really enjoy that event. I have been to Vegas too. A couple of years ago, I went to Vegas. 
nice. when it was that big one where everybody from the world came. Yeah, they had like 300 people and they gave away like an aligned trip. and Yeah, it was like crazy busy and yeah, so hard to fly. <laughs> I had two buddies from Texas that, that went and flew to that event. and Actually, three buddies. And uh, they didn't do much flying, but they said it was an awesome event to see that many people in that type of area. Oh yeah, it was it was amazing. It was pretty cool to be there. Um, and then I've wanted to go to some of the California events like San Diego and some of the other ones, but just haven't made it there yet. And I really want to, I mean, I'd love to go to, I always wanted to go to um, Kelly's over Apache Pass over by you guys in Texas. So one day I think I'll try to make that one. Yeah, I can tell you what, what the drive is because I've drove to Southwest one one year <laughs> yeah I believe it's about a nine hour drive that's not too bad no it's not, not too, crazy too bad, bad. No. Or, you, or, if, or if you fly in we could fly you in and pick you up and you can stay in the trailer yeah i really want it yeah we sometime normally have a little bit of room in the trailer we normally have one one or two spots and there's showers on site and stuff so yeah that's the biggest thing for me is like if i'm traveling i have to have a place you know i have to figure out where to stay and yeah that kind of thing and that was the hardest thing about Vegas was trying to find somebody to stay with because I didn't really want to just stay by myself. So yeah, having people to stay with makes it a lot easier. Oh yeah. If you can fly into an event and ship your helicopter and just use their batteries or chargers or something like that, it definitely makes it way easier. Yep. Yep. I don't know if flying will be safe for a while, but <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. All this stuff going on, but definitely it's a nine hour drive. It's, not crazy bad. And as soon as you get into Texas, passing El, El Paso and all that, and then you get into the Texas Hill Country and stuff, it's not a bad drive. No. Yeah. I think getting here is always a quick drive, but the drive back is always horrific. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just want to be home. That's all yeah, it is. It's just, just, just trying to get home. At least when you're going somewhere, you have an event to try to drive to. I always, I always call the Southwest Heli Rodeo the, the pro pilots fun fly because there's normally like, the time I went, maybe there was 45 pilots, maybe 50. And I guarantee 30 of them were pro pilots. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always a lot of pro pilots there. So, and, um, we had not a whole bunch of regular people, I would call it. No, um, I see you know, the same people from the Phoenix area or California almost every year. But the 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 best one was not this past one, the one before that. That's when we had the Kyle Dahl challenge where they oh. came up with the 50-50 challenge. Yeah, 50-50 challenge and 80% of them crashed. <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, I was standing right in the front. It was uh, so great to watch. But uh, I, I've watched a video and stuff of that multiple times. And just, I was like, come on, Alex Rose. <laughs> just, <laughs> just piles it in. Oh, Almost. yeah, they were they were piling them in left and right. It was it was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, that was that was an awesome video to watch. If you guys haven't seen that, look it up on YouTube. Uh, who did it? Kyle. I want to say, um, yeah, Kyle Dahl. It's like the fifty fifty challenge, and I think it's under Gale Aligns account. Or I think if you just search uh, Kyle Dahl's fifty fifty challenge, you'd probably it'd probably come up. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely, if you guys haven't made it to that event and you haven't seen any pro pilots fly up close in person, that's a very 
personable fun fly. Them guys are, they're not in their normal like urcha mode for that fun fly. They like, they're just hanging out, having, having a good time. Yeah, it's a, it's always a good time. I always look forward to it and really enjoy it. This past year was a little bit, a little bit less busy, which isn't bad. It was nice. I had more time to fly and, but not as many of the pros showed up. So I'm hoping next year will be better. This past year was kind of throwing together last minute. It was right around when JC's ankle was moving. So he's usually leads the charge on that, um, on that event. He and some of some other people. So he was leaving, he had moved and it kind of was like a last minute thing of getting the event going, but uh, ended up being pretty good. Just not as, it was hard to beat that one from the year before though. So yeah, definitely an event I would plan on going back to at some yeah, point. Yeah. That event normally is in what time it's, of year? Uh, it's, it's October, I want to say, or October, November. November. Yeah. Or beginning like of November. And, um, I think when you came, it was at a, a flying site, but when it's at, we usually have it at a farm and that's the best place because there's so much room and so open. Yeah. Nice. It's definitely a good event to go to because it's, the rest of the country is freezing cold. It's almost like the Florida event. You go to it and it's, it's nice and cool at night and doesn't get crazy hot and there's zero humidity. Out exactly. There, so. Definitely a cool place to go and visit. Definitely driving around. I like looking at the mountains and stuff like that that we don't have in our area. Definitely cool to to see. Yeah, that stuff doesn't get old. <laughs> and the food's pretty pretty decent there. We had some Mexican food that was actually really good. Oh yeah, there's lots of lots of good places to eat. <laughs> That's for sure. Mom and pop yep. places. Yep. Cool. So how hot does it get in the middle of summer? I've, I've heard stories of it getting like 120 and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and Phoenix. Part of the reason nitro's on, on the realm for yeah, you instead of electric. Yeah, it's um, like a, in Phoenix, it gets hotter than Tucson. So it can get up to like, you know, 115, 119, something like that in Phoenix. And down by me, it gets, we get close to 110. I mean, even this week on Thursday, it's supposed to get to like 105 or 107 or something like that already. So it's, oh. yeah, when it's that hot, it's kind of like winter for everybody else. I get out, but I can actually fly because it's not, you know, horrible conditions or anything. I, I go out and fly just really early, uh, get up at like 530, get to the field by like six or 630, fly till 10 maybe, and then go home. I've heard that before on a podcast from somebody. I can't remember who else talked about that when they were in the super, super hot type. Yeah. Weather. It's just, you have to get up a lot earlier and kind of beat the heat. Does your normal, does your normal flying field face the sun or does it, the sun come up? Oh, uh, the back? sun's usually at my side. It comes up by my side, my right side. So at the, when the sun's coming up, it is hard to do maybe passes across the field because um, it, once you get it, you can get the heli into the sun. So you kind of have to stay to the left so you don't get the heli in yeah. the sun, but it's usually not too bad. Yeah. That's, that's really kind of cool. Like, um, like mine, the sun comes up in our face. So I end up flying off my left. So when I go to an event or something like that and you're flying, 
you start noticing people that fly off to the left more or off to the right more. And normally that depends on their normal flying site where the sun's yeah. at. Yeah. You get into a habit of just flying to stay away from the sun. It's just odd. odd yeah. Oddities, yeah. We used to have a, well, I fly at a pretty much a planker field. We only have a hand, maybe two or th- we used to have three guys that flew helis. Now it's only myself and another guy. So the main runway doesn't face the sun, but they used to have a helipad and that faced the sun. I used to fly from there, but I got tired of having the little space to fly in. So I fly, I just wait for the plank guys to get done and I go out and fly my helicopter. You have to really uh, kind of push your way in sometimes. Yeah, that's what we were doing this afternoon. There were two of us, Ashton and me, we're at the field that's close to my house here and there was a bunch of plankers there. Luckily, they weren't flying back to back to back, so we had a couple times. We have a spot on the side we can fly, but it's pretty tight, even for like Oxy 3s and 550s and stuff. Anything bigger than a 550, you really can't get into a hurricane or do anything crazy because it's so tight. And there's trees right to your right and trees in the front. So we 550 and bigger, we like to wait and try to see if we can get a turn on the main flight line just to – Spend our four minutes if they can wait four minutes. Hopefully. Yeah, we usually have those guys, um, the ones with the big gas airplanes. So they go out, and um, once they're done flying once, you know, that's when we can jump in usually. It's the guys with the small nice. foamy uh, electrics that back you know, bring back. five batteries out to the flight line and then land and put another battery in, land, put another battery in. And my buddy does pretty yeah. hard 3D. So he doesn't want to fly, obviously, with anybody else in the um, in the air. He has had a midair with a plane. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I I I have no problem flying with mm-hmm. planes, but it's there's very few plane guys that don't have a problem flying. Yeah, anything. exactly. That's our problem too. The event out at Apache Pass, the Oktoberfest event uh-huh. that we have, where we actually have a heli flight line a sport airplane flight line and a 3d airplane flight line. We'll actually go up there and fly with the 3d airplanes at the same time. But obviously if I crash into a 3d airplane, it's not going to hurt me that bad, but some of those 3d airplanes are a thousand dollar kits. Exactly. It's more, I'm like, I want to stay out of their way. (laughs) Yeah. The helicopter crash, eh, $300. Maybe crash. You crash into a, 100 cc 3d airplane it's gonna be yeah expensive. it's not, not gonna be fun at all yeah so. that's cool so just simming lately when was the last time you were at the field probably right before this whole thing started so what has it been about here in arizona it's been about six weeks yeah so february yeah. probably so i'm gonna i'm gonna get out next week i think it's starting well i don't know about the virus if it's slowing down here or not i don't think it is but i don't think it's slowing down but i think the people are thinking it's slowing down so they're relaxing some stuff a little bit so i think it's going to be more of a common type yeah thing. yeah so people are getting more adapted to the situation yeah i think say. that's yeah so. we're kind of coming out of that freaking out phase and now we're kind of just kind of jumping like yeah trying to get live, out a little bit yeah kind of live with it and that kind of thing so that's cool is there anything being cool that you've been watching on, on online um netflix or not well youtube or anything like that 
I don't watch too much TV. I'm usually, um, I usually watch a lot of videos on YouTube, just like either stupid stuff or heli videos, you know? Um, some late night, some late night. Yeah. Cooking. Late night cooking. With Bill <laughs> and too. Yeah. And I make myself some slice uh, and bake cookies. <laughs> slice and bake. That was funny. That episode that just came on with what's her name? Oh, uh, with, uh, uh, Simone, was it Simone? No, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, um, Simone. Yep. And she, she didn't, she didn't know what slice and bake cookies <laughs> were. I, I found that really funny. <laughs> yeah, they're in a different part of the world. They're, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that they have. We have no clue. Exactly. Yep. It's just funny. Yep. They explained it to her. She probably would know. But it was just. <laughs> that was a very funny episode. I appreciate them for putting that out there. Much trouble or havoc they're going to get into for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely uh great for the listener so. yeah it was a great episode i i enjoyed listening to it too it was very funny and different to get a different perspective some like you know with that we have with magnus you know something different from around the world yeah i, I definitely miss him I, I wish he was back but quitter yeah he has to be <laughs> you know all responsible and, and stuff so yeah Damn, kid, trying to be responsible. It's horrible. So I haven't watched any of this World Heli Sim competition. I saw it up on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't obviously didn't participate in it. If I'm not watching it, but yeah, I haven't really watched it. No, I haven't watched. I've seen the videos come up, but I haven't had it. I haven't really bit the bullet and watched it. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if it would be boring. You know, because it's sim for one and for two it's just i don't know it does it seem like it would be different than watching a, a live video or like a real life heli video do you think i think it all depends on how they took the video because i know you were saying that javier was in it mm -hmm. and javier uses an application to record his screen yeah and i think it all depends on how how much you're zoomed in or how much you're zoomed out like and then the flying field if you pick a flying field that has trees in the background we can't actually see the heli in the same that's well. true too so i think picking the flying field and then how much you're zoomed in would and how you record it as are the three biggest things as far as the listener or the watcher yeah watching it i haven't i haven't watched any i'm definitely going to go back and watch them all because i could probably steal a couple of moves maybe yeah write some stuff and i'm down, wondering learn some stuff i down. didn't notice but i'm wondering now if it shows the stick movements that'd be interesting some of them had the stick movements it wasn't a requirement but i do believe when i saw some of the facebook posts and stuff they did have the stick movements in there okay so I think it all depends on the person if they left the stick movements. Yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, get go and watch those too next couple of days. So Javier was doing it. Yeah, I noticed that Javier was one of the beginners in it. I don't think he won anything. I wasn't able to see, like I said, I haven't seen any of the videos. But I did see the top five, and I didn't see his name, unfortunately. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so. I was hoping he'd, he'd place at least. Um, I did see that can pinoy won the pro side of it so <laughs> nice it's it's definitely something i don't know it's different <laughs> maybe i'll i'll 
participate in it farther. Have you heard about this? I believe uh, on the Facebook group, they're doing challenges like yeah the flight box uh heli group on facebook is doing the quarantine call out which is yeah the quarantine yeah i thought that was pretty cool i've been watching those videos and hoping that nobody uh takes me in a video (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i was like i keep checking it just to make sure that i'm not mentioned in any things i'm like i was like yeah, Perfect. I did see uh, Kyle Dahl was mentioned, or not Kyle Dahl, Kyle Stacy, I think, was mentioned to do a tail and hover. So good luck on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that. Only 45 years <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I think that was a great idea. I don't know who came up with that, but I believe it's I think, a good yeah, I idea. I think Mike, and, Mike came up with it, Mike Sobe, and um, yeah, it's a really cool idea. I like it. You know, keeps it interesting. Yeah, because definitely can get bored and doing the sim over. And oh over. yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Looking at the same thing, I jump jump on the sim and it's. I try to do stuff, but I quickly get distracted. Yeah. And just doing my same maneuvers and not practicing backwards flying or anything like that that I actually should. Yeah, be or my on. favorite maneuver on next going inverted and getting so low that the blades, you know, get the little circle in the grass. Or the it's it's really <laughs> difficult to do on that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I like trying it. I would never try going that low in real life, but <laughs> I've done it a couple times. Uh what is it a couple years back we had an event here in Austin and I was doing it at, at night and I there was zero wind at all. Like to blade scrape you rather have some uh-huh. wind. So the models at a tilt. There was zero wind mm-hmm. at all. And I actually scraped the the head bolt. Not not like a center one, the bolt that holds the blade in. I actually scraped that on the concrete, and it. Oh wow, sparks. that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely blade scraping. You want some type of wind so the helicopter sits in a hover at a tilt. Makes it yeah, easier. yeah, I bet. Just for people that want to blade scrape, I'm over that. <laughs> I've damaged way too many blades, especially on runways that are have rocks here or there you can't see and you'll accidentally hit a rock and then oh yeah that's that makes a bad day right there (laughs) yeah that makes for a bad day for sure it's just practicing crashing yeah doing it's it's not super hard after you do it a couple times it's not impressive yeah i've been to me at least i've been working on my inverted so it's just getting my mind used to the controls being different backwards yeah so i'm i haven't tried inverted flight in person yet or in real life because I'm still not a hundred percent on the sim. I'm still making, you know, I can correct it, but I want to be where my brain has it. Okay. I know what to do when I'm doing it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Get that T-Rex 500 out. Have you heard about just talking about simming and working mm-hmm. on stuff? Have you heard, heard about the Curtis T? No, I haven't. So the Curtis T he, this is something from Kenny that used to fly on Curtis's team. And I've heard other people talk about it. It's you end up doing your maneuver, the orientation you want. Obviously there's eight orientations, right? Or more if you include the sides, but you start on your left or right or whichever, and you move them all to Mm -hmm. the middle and then you move it away from yourself. And then you move it back to the middle and then to the right. And you do that, keeping the model smooth and not drifting around. I can do it really good tail mm-hmm. end. I'm okay at it nose end. My inverteds are a little sloppy, but I can pull them off. But if 
if you practice doing that T on the sim and try to do it in real life, you'll help yourself a lot and you'll see that like I can 3D and fly around stuff, but if I go in to do those maneuvers, I can see where I'm not as good as I am doing it. Oh, okay. And you can see where you're, you're not proficient as you think mm-hmm. you are. I'm going to try that. I'm going to definitely try that. It's, it's definitely hard. I've, I sometimes I haven't done it in a while, but I used to go to the field and I would take one battery pack on, you know, my average helicopter, whichever one it was. I normally don't do it on, 550s or stuff 700s i normally do it on small stuff but i'll I'll sit there and try to practice that and it is extremely difficult okay but it does make you better because you have to correct and you're moving the model instead of just trying to stay in a hover orientation you're actually making small inputs to get it to travel Mm -hmm. and then getting it to stop traveling and then come back the other direction yeah definitely try that Definitely give that a shot. It helps a little bit, but obviously inverted is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's better than it was. (laughs) We always forget one of the best things I was ever told when I was learning inverted, I could, I would flip forward flip and then do nose in, but to do tail in, I was having a horrible, difficult time. I mean, two or three months I was fighting it and just couldn't get it. Couldn't grasp it. And finally somebody, I forgot who it was told me, don't worry about the tail. If you pull back on the stick, if you're inverted, the tail goes up. Oh, okay. No matter what orientation you're in, if you're inverted and you pull the cyclic stick back, your tail is going to go mm-hmm. up. So that helped me to stop worrying about that portion of the inverted, and then I could worry more about the left or right. Gotcha. Stuff. Right. It definitely yeah. helped. That was one of the – Never even thought about that. That's good – helpful yeah i mean you could think about the same thing push down the nose goes Mm -hmm. up but i don't think about it like that i I thought about pull back tail goes up no matter what to bail out and i was learning inverted tail in Mm -hmm. so if i needed to bail out the model would push away from myself always try to figure out if i'm going to do a bail out or how am i going to get out of this maneuver i try to figure out a, a way so I'm disoriented. I want to push the model away from myself and get it upright, not back on top of myself. Be safe. You don't want to, like I have a buddy that was learning inverted stuff. He would flip, but he would always backflip. I was like, man, can you you stop? You do it farther out or because you're flipping into yourself. If you lose orientation, that's scary. (laughs) You're, you're, you're definitely going the wrong way. So I eventually, Talk to them. If you're going to do backflips, make sure you're farther out flipping back at yep. yourself or start learning the front flip to flip away. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Next on the list is buy and sell. Right. What have you been trying? <laughs> well, it says a nine. I was looking for an NX4, but like I said before, I think I'm going to hold off on that. And um, I think I'm just going to focus on my NX7s. So. First thing I'm going to be hunting is a fly barless unit. Um, I need that for my two blade, like I was saying. And then I need to get some of the, like the little things. Um, push push glow. Yeah. That's, I was trying to remember the name. Yeah. I need another push glow. Cause I have one already. I have, I have no idea who would have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have two of them. I have a, 
I have a, a off 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 brand one that I bought from Europe also that works as a push glow. Some some people like the actual switch glows, mm-hmm. but where you have to plug in another channel. Yeah. I, I think they have a button you could adapt to it. But a lot of people put it on another channel to just fire off fire it off. Yeah, I I I bought a a brand new push glow for my uh my three blade and at the time I should have bought two of them but wasn't thinking. So <laughs> the 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 blue one uh, the red one um is that a switch glow? The, the red one's a switch sw- glow. Oh yeah, so I guess I'm looking for a switch glow not a push glow. <laughs> Yeah, the switch glows are more common. Yeah. I've I actually preferred the blue push glow, but the problem is you have to keep it up out, out of the fuel. So I would put it up, try to figure out a way to get it up by the starter shaft or somewhere where you, you could get your finger. I got you. That yeah, the two I have are push push glow style. The other one I forgot the brand of it, what it's called. Yeah, so one or the other. I mean, I'm not too picky. I might try a push glow. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot the name. So I was like, Oh, what's the first name that came to my mind? But um, yeah, I'm just going to kind of get, I'm going to focus on getting my two NX sevens built. So um, like I said, I just have a few, few small things left and now it's just getting them finished. But um, I also need a starter. So that's something else I need to buy. I had one before, but I gave it away when I got out of nitro and now I'm getting back in the nitro and thought, wishing I wouldn't have sold it. So. Yeah. When I, when I got out of nitro completely, I ended up selling a buddy of mine. We traded some stuff and I gave him my starter and we did some horse trading back and forth, but he has all my nitro stuff now. So if I ever jump back into it, I'd be like, Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, that stuff you bought, traded or sold, I could definitely use that back now. <laughs> I'm not out of it completely. I just definitely uh, a 55 is on the market at some point, mm-hmm. Buddy Kenny that's flying with synergy. Now he's going to pick up a five, five, six. So I definitely want to wait and see what, how that model turn turns out. I've heard good things. I, um, like I, I saw, I saw one at Urcha two years ago, a guy had it stretched to a 600 size and it, it looked light. I mean, it definitely didn't look like a heavy machine and everything layout wise was, like any anything Bodos does, it's all thought out. Oh yeah, things laid exactly where it needs yep. to be. But definitely, maybe in the future, look to pick one of those up. Maybe, but fuel prices have got to come down. I'm not not ordering fuel. I had a buddy just ordered. I think he bought them from A Main Hobbies. Mm-hmm. Ordered four four gallons, and it was like two hundred dollars or one hundred eighty dollars. It was something. It was. It was 40 plus a gallon. Yeah, it's pretty pretty expensive still, unfortunately. Definitely needs to get down to in the 30s for me to think yeah. about it. Which I don't know if that's ever going to do that. So. so you haven't bought anything no, lately? No, been just, just, yeah, my birthday's coming up in June. So I'll be buying some stuff here pretty soon. But um, I did a few weeks ago, I bought some servos, some expert servos for my uh uh, three blade so nice. i do have some pro modelers i'm going to put in my two blade already so some of the the full size pro modelers yeah i've got a set on the 5.5 then they have a bunch of different sizes and torques and speed ratings and stuff like that i believe the ones i have in my 5.5 are on the lower end i believe they were like 39 bucks a piece or something don't quote me on yeah that, but... yeah they're they're decent. I did run them in the A7 for a while, but I think 
you start getting in that 700 size of they were kind of on the torque was a little low. I think they're more suited for the cheaper ones that I bought. Yeah, my buddy used them on the guy I got them from. He used them on his NX7 and he said they worked okay. I don't think, you know, if I was doing hard 3D, I mean, that would probably not be the best servo to use if I was really going hard, but I don't fly hard, so I really would work. Got okay. Yeah. Yeah, for now. And, you know, he still sells, sells gears and everything for him, so it's not like you're dead in the water on that. So yeah. Be fine. Yeah. Definitely be fine. But as far as me, this past week, I picked up Bob from KDS, made a post on Facebook. I follow him. He pretty much runs the KDS warehouse distribution in Houston. He posted a KDS Nova combo kit. I didn't know it was a combo kit that their website sold. It was $109 for the 450 kit, the ESE, the motor, three metal gear servos, metal gear tail servo blades, and the E-bar flight control. Oh, that's <laughs> cheap. Oh my God. <laughs> so I figured, I know it's older technology because the KDS Innova 450 has been out for probably 10, 15 years. I mean, there's a slight improvements, but I ended up opting for the belt drive one just because the kit was pretty cool. Uh, the balls have the tiny Phillips head screws, which I hate. Kind of like the older, I don't know if, I used to buy like clone 450 oh, yeah. helicopters. Yeah. Like from Hobby King sites, it has those type of balls on it, which oh. I hate. But I mean, it's just getting them in the first time. It's kind mm -hmm. of a pain. They actually did give a couple, couple spares. The frame needed to be sanded, which is obvious. So had to pull the frame sides off and sand them all down. Yeah, he had an out-of-the-box video he posted today. I saw it on YouTube, watched it before we came on to this. Yeah, he was that was on the A5. Uh, right? No, it was on the uh, 450. It's just today. I think it was like a couple hours ago maybe, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, it's like no way all that comes for $100. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. insane. Yeah, sh shipping was shipping and tax i think it was you know, 125 and that that case i don't know why they give such a nice case i mean it's not super nice i mean it's kind of a harbor free yeah. case type of deal carbon or particle board covered with aluminum sticker type stuff but it's a decent case i'm keeping keeping my tools in it i don't know why they give that case with it because the helicopter doesn't fit in <laughs> whatever it's hey, a free yeah. case so. like what you can get so I got out today and got to fly it for the first time. Um, I set it up. It's supposed to be on 3S2200, I thought. So I set it up for that. And at 100% head speed, it would start good at the flight, maybe 30 seconds mm -hmm. in. And then it would start, the head speed would start dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. So that wasn't too well. I mean, it flew okay. had a little bit of tail noise. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be perfect out of the box type of deal but it flew for somebody if somebody was getting into the hobby and came up and said hey i don't want to spend a bunch of money and you don't really and they already fly planes a little bit and they already have a dx6i or a spectrum radio and a satellite it's not a bad option for learning to hover type of deal running a 3s2200 yeah. for me i was beating on it so it didn't like it at all <laughs> but Luckily, I had my Oxys there, so my Oxy 3s run a 4S 1550, so I was like, hmm, 
I don't know if the ESC is rated for 4S, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try it out. So I put the 4S Oxy battery on it and lowered the flat curve from 100 where I had it down to like 80 or 85. And it flew really oh, nice. good. I mean, I was doing rainbows and TikToks with it. And then the ESC shut down. <laughs> <laughs> And the ESC was really hot. So I broke a blade, the tail fin. So I put that on the bench. My buddy Ashton showed up and he had some 450 stuff he was going to sell me, like a box of stuff that has like KSD servos and some 325 blades. So luckily he brought that. So I put the blades on it and flew it with the broken tail fin. And the ESC shut down again. And I broke the skids this time, but the blades made oh, it. Oh, nice. So. I'm going to put some gorilla skids on it and then try to adapt uh, a line 450 tail fin to it and see if that'll work. And I've got a castle creation 50 amp ESC. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put a castle creation 50 amp ESC in it and see if it does better. But definitely 3S is good for somebody that's going to hover. 4S if you're going to 3D it. And obviously it's not, I wouldn't have your expectations that it's going to be better than an Oxy 3 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. What you're paying for it is cheap. The parts are cheap. I believe he has, I looked through all the parts. The only parts he was missing were the skids. And gorilla skids will fit. You just got to drill the holes to adapt it. It'll be perfect. You won't be able to notice a difference. Um, main shafts came like three in a package for like $5 or something. I mean, it was just ridiculously cheap for the amount of stuff you had to pay for a replacement part. So I think for a beginner, I think it would be a good helicopter if somebody doesn't want to jump in with, you know, three, four hundred dollars and stuff and they already have three S twenty two hundreds with their foamy planes or something like that. I believe it would fit perfect. That's cool. Obviously you're gonna to have to learn how to program the E bar flight control unit. When it took me a while when I first got it, I actually didn't want to use it. I powered it on and looked at it and was like, This is junk, I'm not gonna <laughs> use it. And then over the course of like a month, I eventually decided, you know, I'm gonna try it. And I figured out how to program it and made me made like kind of my own how-to manual of what the endpoints need to be or reverse or forward for left and rights and kind of figured it all out. It actually flies pretty good. I mean, it's, it's not, doesn't have all the stuff that the brain has. You don't have any telemetry. There's no ESC control far as governor or anything like that. It's just a flight control unit. Like, like when they came out years Mm -hmm. ago, right. When we went from like, fly bar to fly barless. None of the flight controllers had governors. I mean, V bar did, but you had to upgrade it to yeah. pro. Most of the governors just did the head and the tail. That's all they did. So that's what this is. It's, it flies pretty good. There's some adjustability on it. There's not a ton of adjustability, but I have it in, have it in the, have it in the 5.5, the a seven and this Anova and, they do okay for for what you're getting. I mean, for $125, you get the flight controller, which is on the used market worth at least 40 and brand new there, 99 something. So Yeah, that's a really, I mean, it's an amazing deal for somebody starting out, especially. I I, I mainly bought it because I wanted something to play yeah, with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's something you don't have to worry about, that's for sure. I was, I was, I was like, ah, I need something to build while I'm locked down at home. Mm why not? I was like, try to, I usually try to buy stuff from him just to help the local guy out. Cause he's local to uh-huh. my area. 
and they run a pretty tight ship. I believe they got one guy that runs the warehouse and then he does like managing of the team and stuff like that. And that's it. There's only two people in that whole operation. Wow. So yeah, it's definitely light. That's, that's how they've made it. I think this, this long because even through the slow years, mm-hmm. you know, X for a- they've never been, they've never been the hottest helicopter on the market that everybody buys. So for them to stay in business, they got to run a tight ship. Yeah, because for a while there, I thought they were out of business. Um, I used to fly with Forrest uh, Pinkleton. Uh, he used to fly oh, down yeah. by me. He used to be lived in Tucson, and uh, Boom Strike Special. <sighs> and he was on the KDS team, you know, long ago. And him and Whistling yes. Ears. <laughs> so he. Uh, he would bring his that's the first time I ever saw a KDS and that's how I really I really did like the the look of those KDSs. So Yeah, that's kinda of when I fell in love with them when uh him and Kenny McDonald were flying at uh Southern Rotary Classic up east of Dallas. Yeah. And they would just pound on models. And I always wanted one, but my flying ability was kind of crap then and I was like I really don't want to spend the money on it. So I always tried to win one on raffles or events or something like that. And I never was able to. (laughs) Eventually they one came up on the form and I picked, picked one up and then eventually sold it. And somehow, some way I ended up trading one for a logo. Those done some horse trading on them, but currently still have one. I'm going to keep it. I think the one I currently have a purchased on heli freak for, I think it was like $300 and it came with uh V-bar and ESC and so forth and so on. So I sold all the, all the electronics that I didn't want. And pretty much the kit only cost me about a hundred nice. bucks. So. And it uses the same head as the A A5 and the tells the same as the mm-hmm. A5. So I might as well keep it at least for parts. Yeah. Yeah. For what I have into it. So on to the main topic, blades. All right. I don't run blades. <laughs> I don't worry about blades. I don't use blades. <laughs> oh, blades. There are so many blades out there. There's some new ones out on the market. There's some traditional ones. I believe it comes down to flying yeah, style. And feel, personal personal feel, I think. Uh, I don't really, you know, my, my flying style right now is just pretty easy going. So really doesn't, I can't see the difference, but someone who does, you know, a lot of 3d maneuvers, they could definitely see the difference. I'm sure. So, um, I just get whatever at this point. Yeah. I tend to like the switch blades a little bit more than anything else, just because they're kind of the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. But I do prefer the the rails are good. All that type of line I don't really have a problem with. Yeah, re- I have flown some of the VTXs in the past, but I haven't. I just tried them. I never owned a pair actually to be able to actually fly and tell you the difference between them. But a lot of people like them. Yeah. I've, um... We really fly, my buddy and I fly a lot of uh, rotor tech. We like the rotor tech blades. Um, we have, he has flown uh, VTX before, um, but I'm, I'm a fan of the rotor techs right now. Um, I was thinking about trying the spin blades that um, 
Shannon has started having over at Only Fine Helis. Um, I want to buy some for my two blade NX7. I do have some Halo blades for my NX, my two blade, but kind of want to try something different. Um, yeah, the the spins from what I've heard from Shannon and Caleb and them, the spin blades are really good. Caleb likes them. It's the sizing kind of makes me. Off, yeah, the sizing's different. Yeah, the sizing is different, but I believe what they said is when you line them up to a, a let's say what are they six ninety two or something. When you line them up with the 696, are the same size. It's just they're measuring from the root or from the ball hole instead of the root or oh, something I see. like that. There's some differencing going on. I believe they're all the same size as the regular. It's just they're measuring from either the hole instead of the, the root end or so forth and so yeah. on. I've liked to try some spin blades. They're little, I mean, they aren't expensive, expensive, but wouldn't mind trying them when i first got the rotor text when i was flying them i couldn't see the, the disc oh, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. some reason i was having difficulty seeing the disc with them but i don't know if my eyes have adapted to them but i've ran them on i have them on my protos 380 the cheap version the 200 dollars version and i can see them just fine i don't have a problem oh okay so either my eyes have adapted to them but usually i prefer a white bottom blade mm-hmm. Or uh, whatever the KBDD yeah. blades, that the or bright the orange on the bottom, green bottom, <laughs> yeah. orange. Yeah, those are bright. Yeah, those those help a lot. My oxy, I actually painted the bottom of my blades orange, fluorescent orange, and then cleared oh, them. Oh, nice! It's <laughs> a good idea, and it actually works. I I mean, they were cheap blades that were messed up, and I fixed them, and they're probably way out of balance. <laughs> they actually fly, and they you can see the bottom of that disc being orange is really good. I wish more manufacturers would would copy that and come out with some type of some type of coloring on the bottom. I think it helps new people a lot in orientations and stuff when you have something else to look. Oh yeah, at. definitely. But blades I currently run, I've run the switches. I got to turn and look. The switches, the rotor text, the rails. Uh, the if you're looking for a good cheap blade for your 380 and you don't mind putting switching brands, I normally have a problem putting stuff on different helicopters from different brand A, B, or yeah. C. But if if you, if you don't mind doing that on the 380 size, the blue Align uh-huh. blades, I believe they're like 15.99 or something like that. They're really cheap. They actually fly really good if you're looking for a cheap 380 size. If you're beginning into the hobby or trying to on a tight budget and you're looking for a blade that's cheap, those align blue blades. If you can find them actually really good for that size and for what the price is. Yeah. Yeah. I had some of those with my, I used to have a, a 470, a line 470 and I had those on mine and um, they were nice blades. Yeah. But for the most part, I really don't care what kind of blades they are. Um, I've always looking for to buy blades this year. I've been after I crashed a 700 once or twice, I've realized that blades are really expensive on the 700. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so when blades hit heli freak or somebody selling blades for $60 and they're 696s or 700s or 710s or I pretty much yeah. buy them. If they're, if they're under $75 and they're selling, like I picked up some Curtis Youngblood V2s 
for like sixty dollars. Those are good blades. Always have been. Yeah. So, I believe they're like seven fifteens or seven tens or something like that. They're the larger than normal ones, but mm-hmm. definitely if I don't mind buying used blades, you can normally people will no, normally tell you if there's a chip or if there's some some cracking at the root from bending them back or so forth and so on. But buying blades used is not bad in my opinion. If you can get them for the right price, obviously you don't want to pay full price and shipping and yeah. on top of it. But if you can pick up blades on Heli Freak or Facebook or Run Rider or any of the forums that sell stuff, definitely I say pick some up. I mean, if you're going to fly a model and crash it and not really care about putting the model in, you're going to need some backup blades. And that's the most expensive part of most of the, most of the crashes that we exactly. have. Exactly. Yeah. So, so keep an eye out. Let yeah. Me yeah. I'm always <laughs> looking at the forums. Don't have any money, but look at the forums. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh my God, I don't want to buy. There's this. always something. Like, that, was a guy, <laughs> that was a guy selling uh a synergy 516 this week with a motor and blades for $400. Oh. And I was like, I don't need another one. And I told my buddy, he was like, I don't need one either. <laughs> I was like, it, it's going to be gone. He was like, you think it'll make it to next, next week? I was like, it's not going to make it past yeah, the morning. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I think just the blades in the motor alone are half the price. I was like, that's a 600 and something dollar kit or five, 550 or 516 or whatever they priced it at. Anyway, you have on here blade spacers. I want to tell you blade spacers suck. I hate <laughs> them. I wish manufacturers would make all the 700 size grips the same yeah. size so we don't have to run spacers. Yeah, I hate putting them in uh, too because they're never easy. It's never easy. They never just line up and you push the blade in, one moves. and Yeah, the sizing, you have to have different sizes for this and this and this, uh, blah, 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 yep. blah. It's just horrible. I mean, even on this Anova 450, it needs spacers. I'm like, <laughs> especially when they're that small with too, that. with like the little spacers and. Really. Yeah. So the scientist at the field the other day was, t- t- I was swapping blades out, and he told me, "Well, why don't you do it like this?" And I, he told me to put the spacers in, grab the smallest Allen you have, get the Allen to feed through. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you have the blade in there, both spacers on each side and you have an Allen through it. He said, pull on the blade and now that'll line the spacers up horizontally and then push the Allen back. Don't push the blade. So pull on the blade and then push the Allen back towards the root of the head and that'll align the backside of the hole and that should get you an 85 to 95% straight. Oh, nice. I'd, I had never seen that before. I always used to shove an Allen not an Allen, like a Phillips head screwdriver through there and wiggle it around in a circle. Yep. Yeah. But his trick works really good as far as like getting him in there, get a small Allen through it, pull on the blade and then push the Allen back on top and bottom until it hits and then pull it out. And you should be almost directly lined up. Oh, so nice. That was, that was the, a trick from the scientist that I learned this year. <laughs> Definitely something to, to think about if you guys are having to mess with them. I've always wanted to just damn glue the things to the blade. I've never done it, but <laughs> I thought about it in the, in the past. I was like, why am I even messing with this? I just CA them to the blade and I'll be done. But then I'm like, if I crash, then I'm gonna have to like break the damn things off the blade. 
Uh, I hate blade spacers. Yeah. I wish they would. I don't know what they're, if there's a purpose behind it. So there's flexing or if it's just, I'm going to make a helicopter and I'm going to make the root of the grip really large so people can run any kind of blade. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know there's an issue with the Gowie NX4. If you stretch it to a, or you put a 55 in it and you want to run 550 blades, mm -hmm. 550 blades have a larger root on them than the 520s, I believe it is. I might be wrong on that, but I know I had to get different grips when I tried to run the 550 blades because they just don't fit. Oh, uh, I see. It might be the bolt hole size, like you have to drill out the bolt hole of the grip to make it fit. I don't know if it was the grip size itself, but you guys can let me know. Email me. <laughs> Shoot me a message on Facebook. Tell me, but I've I've had that NX4 55 stretch in the past, and it's good heli, but it's <laughs> gone now. It's sold. What about you? Have you had any luck with spacers, or is it just the same, same as you? Pretty much, it's just a pain, you know. Um, you eventually get them to work in, but it's still just a pain. <laughs> get them lined up. Yeah, on Synergy models, they actually have them on the tail blades, also. Oh, really? Oh, yes. So I was like, when I was building the five sixteen, I was like, really. <laughs> Not getting mad. I'm not getting mad. I, I, can, I can deal with this. Just don't drop them. Yep. Definitely is a, a technique to dealing with them. It's part of the hobby. If you guys get into anything bigger than, I believe, believe all the 380 stuff is the same size head. I don't think I have to use them on 380s so. as far as like the Mini Protos or the Align 470L or anything like that. I think they all just yeah. fit. Like they make them yep. really work. You start getting into the 550 and the 700 size class stuff, and then even the Oxy 3, you have to have spacers. It's, uh, it's painful. But it's something we have to live with. But definitely try, try that trick of pushing the Allen through and pulling on the blade grip and then pushing the Allen back to see if that helps. Mm -hmm. But what else we have on here? Blade sizes. Yeah, I put that in. Um... Just I know there's a different floatiness, I guess, to if you get seven tens compared to six nineties, but there are are there any other flight characteristic differences? Uh they so when you get into these whether the Azure blades and the VTX mm -hmm. blades, they're faster off of center and you're gonna have to reduce your head gain a little bit to if you may have some bobbles or something. Okay. But these 690s compared to the 710s so i'm not the biggest 700 flyer i'm still trying to get it acquainted with them they still scare me crazy for some reason eventually i'll get used yeah. to them but in time but as far as i've seen the 690s are snappier off of center so off of center the model will flip and rotate a little faster okay. and then the 710s seem like they're a little slower on the flip and roll rate but you'd have a better auto rotation rate. Gotcha. And it's a little floatier on the 710s, 715. Yeah, whatever. or whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. so many different sizes. Size yeah. bigger. But the 690s, 696s, those type of, I what biggest thing I can tell is 
the rotation rate off of center is a little mm -hmm. quicker and compared to a 710 blade. Obviously, you could increase your rotation speed to counter for all that stuff, or I believe on uh, on the brain, you have a feed forward you can increase to play with the model to make it feel like it's faster off of center. I see. What flight controllers are you using? Um, and what radio are you using? I use you uh, Bavarian Demon. Um, and well, really, I, I have a Bavarian Demon. I'm not really like stuck on one brand. Um, I've, I've used, like I have an icon on my, my 500 that I had. And then um, I've had a little bit of everything and I'm Spectrum right now for radios. I do have a V, v control, yeah. but um, I've kind of waiting on, on trying V control or trying the Neo with uh, my nitros just because the guys up, up north that are helping me out, they use Bavarian Demons. So I'm trying to um, use something that they are fa familiar with. So if I get into any that, problems, you know. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good idea. Well, if you want, I've I've got some a three GX here. I can ship you. You know, if you really you must want. really hate me already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sitting here. I got it for free, but I'll sell it to you. <laughs> I had one. Um, actually, I I bought one. I think from uh, Chris from the uh, RC, RC Today, Today show. show. Yeah. Well, back when it was, yeah. you know, the three GX was popular. Somebody stole it out of my. Uh, out of my mailbox so i was like Thank i thought yeah i was like oh man i caught a break so <laughs> yeah. they actually weren't bad controllers i think the biggest thing i've seen people mess up on them is when you when you get the swash correction mm -hmm. the same way that it, it it doesn't correct it it's very very small and if you hold it it'll correct back the opposite direction oh. so you think it's the correct way where normally you move a heli the, the swash will tilt and kind yes. of stay there and it would it tilts a lot on the 3gx when you tilt it it barely moves some and then it'll tilt back the to to level itself back off so you can get confused on which direction it's I correcting could see that, yeah and then as soon as you spool up the heli eats, eats oh. <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing that I, I believe people had a problem with i don't think the flight controller itself was uh -huh. bad it's just being able to get the direction of the swash correction correct a lot of people messed up because it, it wasn't super I obvious see. like you had to like you had to look at it you had to move the model a lot and real quick to see which way it would correct itself if not then you crash yeah <laughs> but i've i've physically have never used one uh danny a buddy buddy of mine flew for a line for a long time and he had them on every machine he owned and he obviously didn't have a problem but i've seen people friends of mine spool up and it, the helicopter eat itself and then we check it on the bench and you can see it was oh backwards. yeah that's never good definitely one of those things we'll probably do a show topic on that one time as far as like what to check before you plug in your battery in yes deal. yes that's always yeah, good yeah broadcast type of deal plugging stuff in the right way not cross plug cross plug in plugs uh, what what battery connectors are you using? Uh, EC5s. Sure. You haven't had any trouble in Arizona no, with those? No, my buddy and I use them and haven't had any trouble, knock on wood. But That's cool. I was, we had some, we had some uh, Bermuda Triangle stuff at Apache Pass this last Octoberfest. 
were uh, I desoldered a plug. Uh, my buddy Sloan desoldered a plug, and my buddy the scientist desoldered a plug. All of us on wow. the same day. <laughs> and one of them was at night. Ooh, so, that's never good. So you really can't. We had a whole group meeting, I would call it, about it with our local group, and we tried to like decide, okay, it's obviously not solder joint related because all of us are pretty proficient at soldering. We use decent grade solder. I wouldn't call it high grade, but you know, we pick our solder for what we want. And so I ended up switching to the Amos 150s this year oh, okay. just because they hold a lot more solder mm-hmm. and they're a larger connector and you can reuse them. Oh, nice. So I, I switched to those. The problem is you can plug a battery into it. So that's, yeah, the that's never good. So we sat down and I tried to come up with a plan and me and Kenny and my buddy, we sat down and I actually run mine different from what everybody else is doing. So I physically can't plug a battery into mm-hmm. itself, but this is on so a regular 6S5000. I have it so you can't plug the battery into the battery. Oh, okay. As far as the all the male sides are on one side and all the female sides are on the other side. When they come initially, a lot of people use them as the black is the female and the red is the mm-hmm. male. But then you have the opportunity to plug them into each other. I, I didn't want that. The problem is when you get to a 700 size heli, now you need a jumper between the yeah. two. And this is where it gets where you can screw it up and you can plug it into each other. So the jumper we have, we use a different color heat shrink on the wire and then we heat shrink the stuff, but you can still screw it up and plug a battery into itself. So it's not bulletproof, but (laughs) buddy Kenny said he, he was thinking about going back to EC fives. But I, I'm I'm not 100% on. I'm going to stick with them. Uh, EC5s, I really never had a problem with until that one time. But I've got so many of these Amos 150s now because they're a decent price. And they're, I believe they're an 8 millimeter plug. Oh, okay. But they, they, they definitely, when you go to soldering stuff up, they use a lot of solder. So if you're buying that little small solder from... AutoZone or something like that, you're going to need to go, go and buy a big spool. Yeah, yeah. Use, that's not a bad thing, too, though. It will it'll definitely not come out, hopefully. That oh, yeah. I haven't, I haven't had a problem with them yet, uh, but they take a lot of solder, and you have to trim the wire back a little bit more so you have a lot more of the wire in the plug than compared to an EC5. That's pretty cool. But we'll do... We'll add a solder topic for uh, next time we'll go over uh, types of solder, what I'm using at least, or what you're using as far as types of solder, because I ordered some a while back and I was not happy with the quality. So I ended up talking to the scientist I know, and he let me know what he was using and why and so forth and so on. So definitely we'll go over solder, what type I'm solder I'm using and maybe some guys online can give us some input back on what types of solder they're yeah, using. Yeah, definitely. I'm not super proficient at 
all the different types of solder, but maybe there's somebody out there that will contact us that we can have on the show that actually knows the differences and why and so forth and so on. I know some of the older podcasts, RCHN, they went over that pretty in-depth. That's always good to go over it again, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. What I use and what you use, we'll we'll hit that in the topic. Sure. So I wanted to reach out to you guys and let some of you guys know um, why I'm doing a podcast. Uh, One of the major reasons kind of hit hit me this past week when I ran out of podcasts to listen to on the way work, and I had to listen to my own podcast. So. Mainly this is for the people out there that do podcasts that don't have anything to listen to. I know the bantering and so forth and so on may be odd, but really this is just for you guys that do podcasts and for something else for the other people that actually like have long drives to work and stuff like that. This is for y'all. We're going to continue to try to get better at this. It's going to be a rough road uphill. (laughs) (laughs) Every week we'll get but better. I hope. <laughs> yeah. And definitely have got better. I believe we're up to like 150 downloads. I believe it's something like 40 per episode. So definitely people are getting through them. So that's a good thing. We actually got mentioned on a podcast this week. So that was Teller. No, Skids Up mentioned us. So thanks to Skids Up for mentioning us. I feel like I've made it to the big time now and now let's, I have to put out <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's yep, on. Yep. But it's definitely fun to talk to you guys and put something out there, even though if it's not perfect. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> it doesn't have it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. So you want to go over the outros. So Last time I kind of, I don't think I went over any of the podcasts out there, what else there is to listen to, but you have them all listed. So if you want to go through them, we can go through them and definitely give these guys a listen. They are who inspired us to do this and why we are here. Go ahead, Brent. All right. So we have uh, Hallieheads, Skids, Yard Sale, Gucci, Fence Post, and thank you guys for doing your show. Uh, we have Free Fall RC, which is Kevin, Steve, Andy, and George. Uh, Skids Up, which is Paul, Frank, and Javier. BK Podcast with Bert and Kyle. The Tyler Rotor Podcast, Rich, Michael, Robert, and Mike. The Inverted Down Under. I don't have an Australian accent yet. I have to work on it. Uh, with, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Mozzy and Jeff Smart. And uh, the RC Element is a different podcast that um, have a couple of heli episodes that, that we downloaded, and we're going to be listening to that pretty soon here. And of course, Bill Ann YouTube and Bill Ann 2, the uh, cooking channel. So thank you guys <laughs> for keeping us entertained all the time and keep it up. Yeah, you, you definitely have to work on the Aussie Mozzie. Next time. <laughs> See, that, one's, that, one's, that one's a really good, easy one to like really get it into because it's really Aussie Mozzie. Yes. Next, next time. On next time. <laughs> you know what to yes. work on that one. That's cool. Is there anything else you wanted to cover this week or go over? Um, kind of flew, flew through the topic yeah, a little fast. Yeah, but. we'll get used to it, though. I did want to mention, um, I did see that 
HD helicopters, Germany closed shop. And I wanted to mention that they, Alan Moulton of Superstition Hobbies, which is in Mesa, and he's a good friend of mine, helped me a lot in the helicopter hobby when I was getting back into it. Um, I guess he's taking it over sometime in 2021. So I'm really excited to see what he does with uh, the HD line of helicopters. Uh, The guy. Is he going to bring out that 900? Yeah, I saw that in person, actually. I saw it. It was at one of the um, heli rodeos. He brought it and it was, it was crazy. (laughs) Yep. So he's, he's a good guy and really, really good at the hobby. Um, I'm so I'm hoping I'm wishing him great luck on that. I'm going to keep an eye on what HD does from now on. Have you ever owned an HD? I've never. Yeah, I actually won an HD cell 500 ready to fly at the heli rodeo. And that was a year that he gave, they were uh, auctioning one off or, um, and I happened to win it. So I was lucky. (laughs) Flew it for a while. It's a really nice flying heli. I mean, it has its faults too, but it's a really nice flying heli. And yeah, I definitely like the looks of that heli. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't really care for the carbon type skids, but there's just something about that helicopter, that 500 HD, that just, it just looks cool. It's different. I'm always one of the people that like different, weird. Yeah. Kind of unusual, different things about it. Um, like yeah, it definitely fly. was a nice flying heli. I wish I wouldn't have sold it. I sold it to my buddy. I should have kept it because I really love that heli. But um, but yeah, I'm wishing him luck. I'm hoping everything goes smoothly for him, and we can see some HD helicopters in the United States here soon. Yeah, that would be awesome, especially somewhere he's right in the middle, kind of middle of the United States, so shipping shouldn't be that bad. No, no, definitely look look forward to it. You hear any more information on it yeah i'm definitely give us some some leaks that would be awesome to have a german helicopter company distributed in the united states whether it's going to be manufactured here or wherever it's going to be manufactured it'd be cool to have them back yeah around. i'm definitely going to keep a close eye on that one for sure so they had what a I kind of looked it up this week. They had a 500, a 700, and a 730. They have like a 7, they had a 500, and then they brought out the 750. But then they brought out a 700, and now they have an 800. So I think it's just kind of like a stretch type thing. Uh, But, um, man. The canopies are different. Yeah, but the 750 is a beautiful helicopter. I remember I was up in Allen's at Superstition Hobbies, and he has one, and I just – was drooling over it <laughs> yeah i can't remember where the price point was on it was those, where they yeah it was to, it was pretty expensive was like 1600 or 1500 for a kid or something like that it was pretty crazy yeah so they didn't sell many over here in the united states i only knew of a few people that had them but well well let's hope they get that cnc cost down on yeah that i'm hoping yeah because they yeah they they really it was a really nice, get back yeah, nice the... helicopter, but now it's a lot about price. You know, you see XL Power and and those companies really trying to keep the price down. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, even the Krakens, what, eleven hundred, ten fifty, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I also saw today. I was on Facebook. Want to hit on real quick? The Logo Two Hundred pricing came out. Did you happen to see that? 
No, I didn't see that. I have a buddy that bought the M2 one. I'm just waiting to to see what that's. Yeah, like. I think it's like there are two prices. How, how bad is how bad is the pricing? <laughs> I don't even know if I'll ask. Um, I'm a st- how many how many <laughs> how many how many vital organs? XL powers. <laughs> how how many XL powers do I have to sell to get an M2? Yeah, it's um. I, I saw two prices, so I'm I'm not sure if it's like one with the V bar and one without. I'm assuming, but I didn't see like an actual breakdown. But they said four ninety nine and five ninety nine. So that's not yeah. too bad. If that's with the Mini Neo, probably for, probably for five ninety nine. I would assume there's the Mini Neo. Yeah. You're 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 gonna get the Mini Neo. Yep. But I can't know why would they have two different prices? I thought it was going to come with the Mini Neo because it has to come with its own flight controller because it has that motor yeah. deal and its own yep. ESC. So I'll look, I'll keep an eye out on that one. I'll let you know if or let everybody know if I see what the breakdown. I didn't see any um, actual breakdown of the prices why they were different, but. Listeners can give us a shout out and let us know what the difference is. If somebody's purchased one or not purchased one, let us know. I don't know when they're actually going to be out and shipping. Yeah, I think July is what I saw, which I put on there. You know, mm-hmm. did they miss the mark with the whole COVID-19 thing? You know, people could fly them in the backyard type of thing. But yeah, um, six months ago would have been yeah, a lot better. Yeah. But I don't know. My buddy bought the m21 which is kind of the same thing with a different flight controller so i'm interested to see how heavy the model is in in the air because some of the other helicopters with the direct drive motor like i flew the fireball one Mm -hmm. time and it felt a little heavy in the air compared to an oxy as far as flight characteristics it flew Mm -hmm. good but it was just a little heavier because of that motor i believe Uh, that's right right now i'm kind of on the fence of how is it going to fly a flight character? Yeah, wise? it should be interesting to see once it gets into the hands of of other pilots, you know, to see what what they say about it. Yeah, but definitely parts are available for that machine, so it's it's not like it's a China helicopter or something like that where you're going to have to order parts yeah. from some other place. There's pretty part count on the helicopter is pretty low also so i think it'll be fine definitely looking forward to seeing one at an event flying in the light light towers yeah that'll be pretty cool (laughs) yeah definitely i hear the thing buzzing buzzing around it'll be cool yeah that was the only thing we missed on the show topic i think you grabbed all those so appreciate you guys listening uh brent We'll be back in a week or two. We'll try to get it scheduled up and start working on show notes for, for what's next. If you guys have any show topics or anything like that, shoot, shoot us a message. Uh, Brent, what's, where can they contact you if they want to contact um, you? You can contact me on Facebook uh, from Brent Gottlieber. Just search Brent Gottlieber. And also I'm on HeliFreak under the username Teacher Brent. So you can always PM me nice. there too. Um, nice. Make sure you guys go out and like the Heli, the Houdini, 
Heli Podcast Facebook page. Starting to get a few more likes, which is always really good. Yeah, I definitely need to to be able to figure out how to get a list of who's liked and who's following. I don't really understand that, but it's Houdini RC Heli Podcast on Facebook. If you want to email us, it's Houdini RC Heli at gmail.com. I try to check that weekly. Please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> you can send me hate mail. <laughs> send it send it his, yeah. his way. I don't really want to read it. <laughs> Definitely any improvements that you guys think or show topics, shoot us a message and email us. Let us know if something you want to go over. If you want to come on the show, let me know and we'll try to set this up. I do it with Zoom. So pretty much all you need is a, uh iPhone and earbuds or something like that. You don't need anything super special. I just give you a phone number to call and you can call it and you get in the chat. And I'll try to mess with the audio on editing and Try to make us sound like we know what we're doing. <laughs> we'll see. But appreciate you guys for listening. We'll check you see guys you guys. Later. Have a good week. I hope.